Welcome to Eagle Nation. Your hosts are Waza, Dan and Wayne. All right, welcome back for another week, boys. We're the podcast for the fans of the West Coast Eagles, so don't forget to join us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and as well Facebook. Um, how you been? Very good, thanks. It was good to watch a game last week. Uh, um, watch Eagles, so got a lot out of it. Yeah, uh, thank God there was one game that was actually close and competitive. If you've uh, watched all the others, oh, I didn't watch none too have been many. worth watching. I watched no. a few. Well... Yesterday, we had two more people added to our team, and Nick Reed and Jermaine Jones. So it's good to see those guys get a sign-up. Yeah. That's one year on the rookie list. Yeah. I, I mean, it was obviously they didn't see enough in Brady Gray because they saw him last year. Darren Glass was on the radio this morning saying he thinks there's another spot to be taken as well. Hmm. So that might not be the end of it. He said he's, gonna, he said he's not 100% sure on it. But he said he was understanding there's another spot left. Right. See, that there, there was a bit of confusion. Well, I'm confused by what's been released in the media. Mm. They're saying, yes, we do, since Venables, who we'll touch on soon, is on a long-term injury list that we do. But I don't know if the fact we've brought in two players, if that's been inked and stamped, and if they're getting confused that we have that spot available. Yeah, it could um, be. Who knows? Um We'll find out, I guess, in the coming weeks because it's, uh, I think it's March the 13th or 15th they've got to have a signed off by. Um, otherwise, you've got to pick up a player in the mid-season draft. So they could be holding someone over for that. Who knows? Um, you just said Dan Venables, Dan, uh, your namesake, concussion rule. Unfortunately, he's got to sit out the 2020 season with ongoing trauma. Yeah, it's a real, you know, it's, it's tragic really. But yeah, And when you go back and look at the vision of his concussion, to me, it wasn't a. It, it didn't seem a bigger hit than some guys have had, but well, it's obviously said, got in the right spot. They said the week afterwards, he scans it was like a car crash, mm. and it, ironically, the game he'd be available would, was is against Melbourne this round one, and he did it in round nine against Melbourne last year. Yeah. Uh, looking at it, it wasn't like a vicious bump or anything that. No, but it looked dangerous as the way his head went because mm. it was a double blow. He was out on his feet when he first got hit. It was flush on the head. You thought, oh, he's out there. Then he's come and hit the deck hard, and hasn't protected himself at all. Hasn't put the arms because he's already out cold. So I think the double blow just made it so much worse. I just, yeah, I just hope he's okay. Well, yeah, I just hope he recovers. Yeah, well, let's hope for the you know yeah, for the his, doubt that he is really family. How comes before anything, even in any job? Um, the concussion just happened to it got released in the week where concussion has been a headline story with polypharma and the CTE things that you only find out when you're dead which is unfortunate hopefully they can find out before then um but the concussion rule has been changed so if you do not pass by the tuesday of that from the game you cannot play that at week mm. so um if you've got a six-day break and you have a concussion you're not playing yeah similar as that I, so I, I did hear they'd made a decision about two or three weeks ago but they went and they went to Melbourne and saw his family. Yeah. And they took him over and spoke to him in front of his family and the club said this is what we think is the best way to go. Well, a lot of doctors have come out and sort of half support the AFL in their stance, but they said they're not going hard enough. And they said if somebody gets a concussion, they should be out for two to four weeks, regardless of how they get past during the week. Hmm. 
It's yeah. a hard thing. It's a hard thing. It's, to, it varies yeah. so much between case and case as well. Yeah. And, and I, it's not enough known about it, let's be honest. And I like, I work in the field of acquired brain injury, so um, it's not a good thing to see. You know, some of these things are just from a minor little hit or a king hit. So Peter Jesse's an ex-AFL player manager. He's leading the need for change, and he was on SEN last week. And when you listen to some of the stories, I think... I can't remember the number. There's a number of um, AFL players that have got lawsuits mm. against AFL at the yeah. moment. Interesting. And John Barnes is one of them. Interesting story on that is, remember Sean Smith who played at Melbourne? Yep. He's, um, I was listening to Brad Hardy yesterday. He's um, he's one of the guys that's got the big lawsuits out on the AFL. But he went and played a um, charity game for charity and put himself out. He went in and he played till half time, just kicking around, just kicking handball and running. Half time, they had to put him in an ambulance and he's in hospital. And they're saying that his um, concussion, his symptoms are terrible and he's gonna be in hospital for a couple of weeks. So, but they don't know why he went out and played when he's got this condition. Johnny Platten said he had 40 concussions mm. in his career. That's unbelievable. That's. Um, you go back to when we were growing up, Phil Narkel. Yeah. He had the big helmet. That's um, right. Basil Campbell. D- Dean, Dean Kemp. He was another one who retired early from uh, concussion. That was that big hit on yeah. from, uh, was it Rashido? Yes. Yeah, so that, you, you never know. Uh, let's, like we said, let's hope for the best for Dan Venables. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully he can come back and play footy again. Some people are saying that he's. Yeah, jumping the gun saying that could be it. Well, let's hope it's not. No. Yeah, just hope he recovers most importantly. Now, something we didn't cover on the last show, which I can't believe we didn't talk about it, but we did talk about it last year, was we got a new captain, mm. Luke Shuey. So was it the right timing, right person? What's your views? Well, yeah, I think it was great. I think Bunga uh, self-sacrificed almost. Because we've touched on this before. We thought Bunga's got at least a year or two left in him. If he captained that whole time, Shuey would then be too old to take that mantle, we felt. So that would go someone younger. But the fact he retired now by himself, saying, you know, let someone else have a shot. Perfect age, perfect opportunity for Shuey. And he leads right, by example. And the right person. Yeah, and what, what, a, what a guy to have as you to fall back on. You can... Um, and he was on 6PR last yeah, night. Yeah, give, give a phone call to, you know. like yeah. so, was on 6PR last night. He said it's like nothing's ever changed. He still voices his opinion and stuff like that. And he's there for leadership and just listen to you can tell why he was such a good captain. I heard Bunga say, he said, the best part is I actually get to go home early now. Like, <laughs> and he said, now sure he's got to stay around and with all the phone calls and the interviews. And it's now, a bit refreshing having a mid as our captain because we had, last one was Judd. Yes, and yeah. so it's been a long time. And why has it been defenders? Hasn't last, it? you know, Bunga yeah. and just a bit of change up. I like it. Um, your, your views on the leadership group, ours is um, five. You've got Kennedy and uh, Gov as the vice-captains, but some teams have nine, like Brisbane. Um, um, and who is it? Melbourne got just a captain and a vice-captain. What's the right number? Is there a right number? No. It's, it's interesting that a lot of people on our site put up um, Yo to be a captain or a vice-captain. Yeah, it's interesting because the, their captaincy and vice-captain is done a lot by the players' votes. Yeah, it's a player vote, then it goes to the coaches. Then it goes to the coaches. Then it goes to the board. Goes board. And what I, I'm understanding is that Yo hardly had any votes whatsoever in regards to be a captain or right. vice-captain. And well, that's been the last two years. Well, so there's obviously some things there that boys don't see him as the... The well, leader. I, as you can look from only look from afar, 
to me, sure, we had captain written all over him, just the way he presents himself on the field, interviews and stuff like that. So, you know, the players, they're the ones who pick it, so you got to back them, and the coaches, so you got to back who goes, you know. I, think I do think we do have the right mix. I do. You've got to back, you got to forward, you've got to mid. Uh, you yep. touched on Bangus. Bunger still kind of leads a bit mm. anyway. You, you don't need this official title. The worst one's co-captain to me. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I don't like that. It's muddying the water. If you see something on field and you're a veteran player or the mature player, you say something. That's how the team works. You well, don't need the title. Well, you know, from amateurs as a coach, um, I've known being a vice captain and stuff like that, you got leaders in every line. That's so, right. Mm. That's what we and have. Like yeah. I said, you know, so who knows? One thing I do want to ask is some clubs have tried it and some keep doing it. Their captain has the, num- the number the captain gets. You said like number one or number 24. If you're the captain, you get that number. Should they was adopt something like that? Mm. Build a bit no, of a tradition. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. No. I don't think so. Players are superstitious. They like their number. They yeah. make it own, their mm. own, you know. Because I know Port Adelaide did it with number one. Yeah. I think Carlton did yeah. it. Um, Richmond tried it, but then Trent Cotton said, no, I'm not wearing that number. Exactly, because so. they like them. And hypothetically, Cousins wore nine when he was captain, yeah? Mm. So he's... Nick Nat's nine now. Not yeah. best with numbers. People can't see. I'm double checking the way ones because not people. Does then we go right? Captain's numbers nine now. Does Nick Nat now have to give that number out? Up, you know. It's just yeah. I don't like the idea. I just thought I'd fly and see what goes yeah, on. Yeah. I think it's I had number twenty-four. I had number twenty-four here because yeah, it's, it's a number no one would really. Yeah. I don't know. It's a great number, but I like Is it your number. No, I like low numbers. <laughs> that was five, yeah. wasn't that Wush's number twenty-four? Yeah. So he was, you know, what he's one of the probably the best, yeah. one of the greatest captains we've ever had. So um, I don't know if you've heard on the grapevine, but there's a cricket documentary coming out. That's right. It looks um, great. Now Amazon of free Eddie Maguire's uh, media company. Excuse me, what? Just get a bit of breath. Um, they've approached ten clubs. Eagles are one of them. Uh, they'll be following them all around doing docos on the clubs. Uh, they'll be following a coach, a, pl- a player, and some other player mm. administrators in the clubs. So that's something to look forward to. They're going through exactly what's going to be allowed, and the clubs want more. They want the footage. They don't want to give the footage away. It's good. They got to own it. So I think they're just going through the finer details and that and Nick Nat Nui is the one at Eagles who will be followed around Amazon are known for doing things by halves too yeah so so. um, it's going to be interesting gives you a bit more of an insight of what goes on in the inner sanctum as you want to call it so um, yeah look can I just see what happens it'll be this year and release at the end of the year Melbourne have got one out called the Helen Back which will release weekly Hmm. have you ever had a look at it yet? no no I haven't seen that it doesn't matter what sort of club you go for try and download it and have a look it's pretty good I saw a good one on Richmond the other day which I thought I really enjoyed really enjoyed watching it and it was it's worth having a look at too Very, right. it was really good um, I'm quick I'm always you know people that listen to this podcast and on our uh, Facebook pages and stuff like that we've always looked at the younger players because the next generation of Eagles coming through these are a few names I just want to chuck up for people that are interested with under 18s coming up mid-year um, Nathan Driscoll Heath Chapman Blake Morris is uh, dad does a rival podcast so he's laughing he was in um, MVP under 17 last year all Australian um, Logan McDonald Zane True is the player that he was will probably be looking at can they get back into the first round to get him I don't know um, it's going to be interesting 
as the year goes on, all these young players getting names, getting chucked up. Another one's Jordan Berry from the next West West Coast Eagles Next Generation Academy. Mm. And another kid, if you get to look at Waffle Swan Districts, Jack Allen, big boy, man. Mm. Six foot four, loves to kick a goal too. So I know Jordan very well. He's a basketballer. Yeah, coached him. I think I've talked to you yeah. offline about yeah, he's him. A, so. He's a he's a very classy. He's a good young young guy, and he's a very classy. We've had Garrett Cameron come through the next generation, mm. so he might be the next one. Mm. Who knows? All right, we'll get on to your favourite subject, boys. The AFLW. We'll quickly go over this. Mm-hmm. The Eagles. They've had two games since we last had a podcast. They got smashed by the Giants. Keep the last few goals and probably the last five minutes of the game. Didn't look like they were going to score, and they notched up their first historic win on the weekend at Leaderville Oval by a mere four points. Did you guys get to watching him? Uh, I, I watched the first two, as I said, off air, because if I wanted to comment on the AFLW, uh, I wanted to watch it, so I'm not just being biased about it yeah. or negative about it. You I want to like... give you my impression yeah. of what I've watched. Um, I felt I was done with the AFLW, to be honest. I watched a lot more of the scratch matches, and even they're not top-quality games because they're obviously scratch matches. Uh, I did watch the last five minutes of that game because... I saw the scoreline. I was like, well, I want to see if they can you know, get across the line because it's their first win. Because, as I said, it's nothing against the girls. I don't like that comp. And they, you, I never question their endeavour. So I wanted to see that. And the joy they had when they won was great to see. But the spectacle up until that last five minutes, I don't think would have been a great game. Yeah, look, judging by the score. I watched it from afar and kept an eye on it. And then I watched a replay of it because I recorded it. Um, look... You can't, like I said, you can't attack the girls' endeavour. First year in, but they need to get a game plan that they're going to stick to. Just too, I think you brought it up a couple of weeks ago, Dan. Too much just kicking the ball forward, yeah. kicking and hope. And you're watching the other teams, they're actually getting the ball, they're looking around, they're kicking to their teammates. The Eagles at the moment, they've got a gel, and it's just too much kicking down the line and hoping the ball's going to land there. Something I have observed watching the games, right? The teams that have been in the comp the most, they still can't hit targets by foot. You watch the ones that have been there a long time. They've addressed this. They know they can't kick. They will hand pass and run a lot more than any every other team. Mm, so that's how they get the ball mm. down the ground. Oh, well, they see and it's the three. It's Frio yeah. do it and Collingwood do it. They've been in the comp three years. So they've realised that kicking skills isn't there. So they've kind of slowly adapted a bit to a more try and run it to get down the ground and then kick it long mm. instead mm. of just blindly swing around the body kick it it's long. It's become a, a bit of a running game now. Yeah. I've watched bits of them, bits of games. Yeah. And um, again, as oh, everyone knows, I want to I'm shout out great. to Hayley yeah. Bullis because she scored a goal. I don't think she realised it come off the back of a heel. And it was really real. It was good, and uh, you could see the joy in her. Um, and Ashley Atkins, she's doing all right. She's a well, from what I believe was more of a bat player, but she's doing all right. And Emma Swanson, whether she's probably the most experienced behind Dana. Um, Dana, mm. and look, it's going it's to be like this for the next yeah. five, ten years. I, I, I know you were saying. Like you said, they've got to. You, you said it, run it with the in the same time uh, pre-game of the men's game. It, it, I don't think that. I was just saying to Dan earlier. I don't think that could happen mainly because that will de- that will de- decimate the waffle competition and the VFL because all the good players are going to be playing AFL. 
the waffle struggle. They're, that's why they have the the waffle the women's off seasons where they are now because the AFL players get back in there to yeah, run with the yeah, juniors. You, yeah, if you play them in, I mean, they've got too many teams now. We all know that. Yeah, they've got too many teams. Too many teams, not enough, not enough class players. All right. Well, let's talk about before we get into the Eagles, because we're going to talk in depth about the Eagles preseason, because this is what this episode's about. The All Stars. Did you watch the game? What did you think? Uh, I thought it was a train run. That's my opinion. I actually started to like it. I was looking at it, but then as the game got on, you know, the All Stars kicked themselves out of the game. Mm. Should have been over at halftime. And then you could just see that in that last quarter, the score was, well, it was 24-10, 154 to the All-Stars 15-18. Victoria kicked 11 of the last nine goals. And if you look at that last quarter alone in you know isolation, the All-Stars didn't have, they weren't playing for the jumper. Victoria were. Hmm. And this is where the whole setup again, it's... If you're going to do something like this, make it state versus state. Yeah. We, we touched on it briefly. We, you're going to make it state versus state because it's not going to work. And a few players have been from the All-Stars side of things. They said, look, yeah, we were there, could, and we were jowled and we were doing pretty well. But at the end of the day, if you're wearing a, a black duck on a yellow guernsey, you're going to have more pride than that than a gold A on a white jumper. I, well, I agree. I, I think I said something similar at the end of the last podcast that it's not Vic versus everyone else we had nothing to play for they got something to play for they had past players come in they had what it means to represent the Vicks mm. and the jumper yeah they, they pushed they had Jonathan Brown who notoriously played for the Vicks you know when it came and how great it is and yeah. you need to lift for this jumping and lift for this state they had uh, ex-players come in they had vision and footage of them playing what history do the All-Stars have? None, because it's a made-up side. No. And they said they that were trying... for nothing. They said they were trying to build their history in the game, in the team, right? No. Get it out, was it? In the change rooms and all that. They just... You know, they could draw on... Know on each other. We played with them in states, competitions and under-18s, but that's all they had. I'll tell you one thing, though, and it's just come to me now, and this isn't a knock on certain players... Well, no, it is a knock on certain players, but it's not coming from a bias thing. The greatest players in the comp, right? And you say they're weakness, their sloppy disposals, and this and that, right? In this game, that showed. Hmm. Nat Fife is one of the best players in the comp, but you say his disposal isn't the greatest, and he turns it over someone's. That last quarter, he was crucial in a few plays. And he turned it over with bad yeah. And some of them don't do that. A lot of them don't do that. Pat, that was part of probably Patrick Cripps' worst game I've ever seen him play. Mm. Yeah, and it is. Um, and Dustin Fife... Uh, Dustin, Dustin, Dustin Fife. Dustin, <laughs> imagine that love child. Dustin, <laughs> Dustin Martin is notorious for that. He had a good, great game, but he's also another one that's great... The, one of the greats of the game but his disposal position is bad then you get some players that come in aren't as big a names and just clean by boot and you're just blown away like we all know how good Kelly is um GWS sorry. Josh Kelly yeah. yeah we all know how good he is but he's not talking about because he doesn't play in the Vicks in that side the Coniglio Kelly Green to me they're the players that really stood out and they were statistically up the yeah. top of the ladder but just so clean by boot and hand, and yeah, like. I, I think to me, I think your answer is you'll never, they'll never get back to the 1977 when Leon Larkin started it all. Yeah. And it was WA versus Victoria, and we and always from we, had, we had Tuesday off on the Saturday yeah. Tuesday afternoon, and they were great games, 
and we we went into five years I think before South Australia then they all reckon oh you we were no you weren't you just jumped on the bandwagon because Teddy Whitten got sick of seeing the Vicks getting belted here in Subi yeah. he got involved then he got Curly involved and they say it was all them in South Australia but it was not it's a shame they would stay out of Orange and they Mick Malthouse wrecked it and there was a few Victorian coaches that, along with him that wrecked it because oh, they, yeah. they would not let their players get, go and play well, on that Tuesday game. And we know if it's going to come back, it's going to be a player-driven thing. Some of the players are behind it. And we, if it does happen, I've heard Bunga Hearn, he said it has to be a state thing. It, has it can't to be, be an all-star thing. No. And they've got to listen to that because the AFL, I know they did it for the right reasons and all that. But if you were to... This is my opinion. If you're a defender, why even play in that game? Because mm. it wasn't there was no defence in that game whatsoever. No. You, you might as well just got um, 18 on ballers and chucked them in there and just let them go for it because that's what it was. You know what it reminded me a lot too? It was the Ted Whitten game they have with the old boys come back because yeah. they kicked a kick and then when the guys run into goal, the guys just... i never seen players like it. They just stopped. Yeah, well, there was hardly any... They let them run in, you know, in, a, in an AFL game. There was less tackles in a normal game. driving in there. Dave. 400 interchanges, so yeah. showed you where the game was. Mm. But they said afterwards, the guy, yeah, it was, a, it was an exhibition game, but if it's an exhibition game, don't... Promote a state of origin exactly. and be pro-Victorian about it. Mm. We might sound bitter because we're West Australian, but hey, I'm not here to be kidded. You know, Victoria's got a great side and they've got a great tradition and everyone wants to beat the fucking Vicks. Hey, and I'm, it's I'm, simple I'm, as that. I'm being stubborn and annoyed, man. Did you see the WA mock-up side they had? Mm. Oh, yeah, it'd be Boy, like, yeah. we would have dominated, and that's not being biased. Mm. And that forward line, obviously it's if everyone's fit. you got Franklin Darling and Kennedy all in the forward line. you got little crummers. They had to push Yo in the half forward because they just had to get him in the side. you got Walters and chuck Liam Ryan in there. It was a dangerous forward line. Like. Yeah. Oh, well, that's enough talking footy around the campfire, as I'm going to call it. Um, let's get into talking some Eagles, eh? Yeah. It's the final siren. All right, the Eagles. Um, Thursday night, last Thursday it was, uh, took on the Bombers at uh, Laflane Park or Mineral Resources Park, whichever you want to call it, and it was interrupted for 20 minutes because of lightning. It was an interesting game, but Eagles went down 13-9-87 to Essendon 14-11. What do you think of the game, boys? Did you just watch it? Yeah, I watched it all. Yeah, I watched it all. It's, um, yeah, I, I think we lacked pressure in the first half. The second half, we showed a lot more pressure. It's interesting to see Bungo Han on radio last night saying the first 15 minutes, they sort of like didn't come out to play. No. He said it was, yeah, it happens every now and then when you have a pre-season game. You think you're going to go out there, but the intensity just wasn't there. And that's what it showed. It showed the intensity wasn't there. They got jumped early and it was catch up from there. But they played shit in my eyes, intensity-wise, and they only lost by a goal. Hmm. Well, so that's a pleasing thing. I actually liked it because the damage, as you touched on, was done in the first 10 minutes. They, they rattled on goals quick. After that, it was an even contest. After that, we actually technically won. Um, so I'd take it as the scratch match. I, I was never under the tent, or I never treated it like a real game. I was so happy to see the boys run out there. Um, the play is missing, you know. you got... Garvin Shep in the back, well, that'll clean up the back line. You know, you yeah. had Gaff and Yo, that'll just strengthen the midfield. And come on, Darling, our leading goalkeeper from last year, great Kesma, chuck him forward, but forward line wasn't our problem. But, you know, it straightened that up. So I wasn't worried at all. And then you got Oscar Allen. That's what I'm saying. I'm not even mentioning Oscar Allen. I loved that game 
because the score didn't matter and we were competitive. As you said, we didn't lose by that much. Yeah, you could tell it was a scratch match, though. It was a rough, like, general... As it looked kicks. like, yeah, it was just as, as it looked like they to play. Yeah, so mm-hmm. can't take anything away from Essendon because I think they did pretty good. And they had a lot of players out. And don't, don't, don't they had about yeah. they probably had about two more than what we did overall. Mm-hmm. But good players too. Yeah, good players. They're good players. That's a good players. That's an understatement though too. I find people rattle off how many players they got out. Good players is what matters. What you just said, mm-hmm. Wayne. Like. Yeah. Quality plays out makes a huge difference. Well, let's go through some of the players and, you know, let's talk about them in isolation. Um, Tim Kelly, in the first quarter, I was, I was wondering if he was still at Geelong because I didn't know where he was, didn't see him. But after that, he got into the swing of things. I think in the third quarter, he had 13 positions alone in the third quarter and he ended up with 27 positions and 14 of those were contested and he got a goal. He could have had two goals. I think, Six clearances. I, I think yeah. once you see Yo back in the middle yeah. and you got Shuey in there and with Nick, I'll tell you something now, that is going to be, who are they going to, who are they, who, someone's going to shepherd someone to get that, to, and it was a couple of times there, it went right down Kelly's throat on the run, he just had someone on him. But it will come like we used to do with Judd. Someone will come in and yeah. fix up that. Got to do area. that block somewhere. Somebody's yeah. going to start doing the they block. They will. The old block. And some of those tap downs to Kelly to and to Shuey were absolutely first class. He did show Kelly a lot of attention, mm. though, yeah. which is like, do it. And we've touched on this well, before. Well, they did in the first quarter. That's why they had a tag on him. Free Shuey up. He got 31 disposals, another one with six clearances. He had a brilliant game, Shuey, but I just looked at that midfield as a whole, and to me, that was so impressive when you got two All Australians out of that midfield. Mm. How impressive it was. I thought Sheed had a brilliant game, 28 mm. disposals. I thought Shuey had a brilliant game, 31. And I, I think people judge and Kelly hard, but he kind of did cop the attention tag. And as he, you said, he had 27 disposals, mm. six clearances, 14 cons- um, contested possessions and a goal, and he got a point too, and so he got think, two goals. That's you, a good and when count. You got, when you think, he got them in two and a half quarters. Yeah. Because he didn't do much in the first quarter. Well, like they, they had a tag, and I can't remember yeah. who was on him on the first quarter. Yeah. They changed it and relaxed it a bit in the second. Well, what I found fascinating from watching it, because I watched it at home, I didn't want to go out and get wet. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a wimp. Um, but I was sitting there going, geez, Essendon are winning all the clearances, but at the end of the day, we won. No, we, that we was won. the one strong thing. But the thing mm-hmm. what happened was with their clearances, when they did win the clearance, they got a goal. Yeah. And you had Merritt, uh, Shield, uh, Devin Smith. And look, Devin Smith, he's a player I was going to touch on later on, is back at Essendon, he missed nearly all last year. You could tell they're going to be a better team with them. They had that sort of Richmond-esque running style. Bit of ugly ball on the ground, trying to get it under, not in the air as much, but they were exposed when they didn't get it right. Uh, I don't want to crucify players, but it's a chain reaction not having your stars there because some of the players that came in, and it was stormy and windy, so you can forgive it a bit, but see, Archie's not, wasn't clean off the boot, you know what I mean? So things like that, as a chain reaction, where Everything I saw was so easily fixable and I knew the fix was yeah. there in our list. So that's where I was not worried about this game. And I touched on it briefly. I watched a lot of these scratch matches because I'm just so glad footy's back. 
I'm already at the stage I can't wait for season proper though but this was the only good competitive that game and it was in a bloody thunderstorm mm. like the other games the next closest one was like a 20 point win or something to Saints against Hawks all the rest have been blowouts 40 points I think Sydney lost by 92 points Geelong got smashed by the Suns they haven't been they've been one side they have not been good spectacles well I, I, I like present because I like to see the younger players get a go. Uh, we saw Williams. He was probably the standout out of the youngsters. Yeah, he had 12 possession. He had a few hitouts, but he, he provided something around the ground. Um, he took a great grab there too. Brander didn't think he had much of an impact at all. No. Um, if they tried him on the wing, it didn't work. Brayshaw got one quarter. Not enough. Hopefully against Freo, they give him a better go. Uh, Watson, he got better as the game went on. Nelson got very good on, as the game went on. He's paid up the ground a lot more. First quarter was atrocious. Duggan probably made some of the worst errors I've ever seen Duggan make in my life. I didn't even know it was Duggan. I was like, who is this young kid who keeps making mistakes? I realise he's grown his hair out. Like, it's Duggan. <laughs> very um, unlike him. Um, Barras, he was, he'd be happy to get through the game. Took a nice little screen. I thought he took a great... I thought he played a great game. For he someone didn't. who's hardly done much of the pre-season, he played mm. a great game. Uh, Redden was with workman like. People were saying, what's he doing? But he was just workmanlike. He was doing what Redden does. I thought... In uh, and under, getting the ball out. Somebody's got to get in under, and he was doing it. One of your favourites, who won't get a shout-out, but I thought Scotty was so good defensively mm. in that uh, way. He, he, he's, he's a lot for round one. Yeah. <laughs> but I, can, I, can I say, and I, and I went back on our podcast, I very rarely do this, and I, I made a prediction just before Christmas. If this guy does a full pre-season... He will kick between 65 and 80 goals. I think I know And this coming. week showed it, Kennedy. I he was hoping, waiting for one of to mention it. He's but. the man because he, if he can get four goals a game, JD gets two or three or whatever is a game because he's sent out four. He's going to be further. I tell you what, this and Waterman. And Waterman. Outstanding and game. Outstanding game. And you know, was, Waterman, how did he move And, and I've been very critical of Waterman, cause, but but he shows he's so fit. You can't be next week. That, that's, 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 very, that's not a hint. Yeah. How was that play on the <laughs> wing? very fit. Where he took on three players to get mm. in our forward line. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I like? You know what I like about Waterman? Goals. He is dead eye dick. I don't want to put a knocker on him, but since La Croix. Well, I Kennedy think. was known for that early in his career yeah. too. He didn't get that many disposals, but yeah. when he did, he converted. Yeah. But I'm so glad. I was just waiting for one of to bring it oh. up, Kennedy. We said, when was the last time this guy's had a preseason? I, mm. I checked five years ago was yeah. when he had a last but time he had a proper preseason. He's trying to hose it down because he's saying everyone's having a great he preseason. he knows how good he is and right he, now. he knows he's having a good one, but he's going, no, it's not my best preseason. It's not my best preseason. You only have he's to look feeling at, good. You only have to look at that vision we saw on the TV with him and... Um, Scoey, when they were doing that out and back, you know, because you got to do that five times. It's gut wrenching. It's, it's that's a drill that they do. They go, yeah. they go out and they come back. They do it five times, yeah. and it's just, just non-stop, non-stop, non-stop. So and see, when you're not tired, you can jump more, you can chest right. more. And he tackled. You know, it was like the JK of old. Like, I'm very excited oh, look, to see his season. Had a, had a young guy defending him. And it was he would have learned a lot, that young kid. He was chatting to him a lot, and you could tell he was telling him you should Teaching be here, you should be there. He was doing a bit of a Jared Scott. Hurley, uh, Hurley. Jared uh, from, um, what's his name? Hawthorne. Grateful forward. Ruffy. To it. Ruffy. Ruffy was doing it. And JK was oh, doing that. And they were talking, and they were, you could say, you should be getting there, you should be getting there. He was a young guy, so it's good. He's teaching Hurley his was swapping on him a bit, so yeah. sometimes he had a bit of pressure. He double teamed, yeah. but yeah, like, as I said, it's a scratch match. Yeah, you know? but Hurley, Hurley is Essendon's gov. 
So yeah. that's what they use him for. We're quickly talking. Essendon, yeah, Smith, Smith had twenty disposals. McGrath, he's going to be a good player. If he's playing right. midfield, they've got a they've right got a champion player. there. He is everywhere. Dylan Shield, twenty seven. His disposal probably lets him down. Uh, Darcy Parrish, I thought, played pretty good. Uh, Andrew Phillips held his own in the ruck. Um, you know, Jaden Laverde, he's going to be their focal point up front with Stringer when Stringer comes back in, and McDonald Woody. Tipping Woody, we know he can be dangerous, but he did a little bit during the game, kicked two goals, but didn't do nothing great. Um, if we look at our disposals, they beat us in disposals, they beat us in handballs, they beat us in tackles, but we won everything else. But so, I think Essendon as a team, if you let them get a run on, they'll run all over you because they're they're a confidence based team. Yeah, they run but, quick. Yeah, they do, and they can. They've got the speed and the, they've got the agility. But if you hold their players like the Dylan Shield, the Tip and Woody's in the thing, in the forward line, and um, even um, their captain who was out uh, left footer. I should oh, no, know. Uh, Heppel. 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 Do you know how oh, these guys? Rob Shuey, the rising star. Yeah. Stand by that. But and Devin Smith and Andrew McGrath. Well, you know, you hold, you hold them, you hold that team. Devin Smith is a very underrated. Uh, he tackles. Yeah, the most tackles. That's exactly what I was about to say. He's a tackling machine. He, yeah. He's like a yo. He's offensive and defensive. He just doesn't go one way. And, uh, Essendon people shouldn't be too alarmed. I know a lot of them are saying, oh, it's going to be a crap year. Well, I don't think so. I think no. they'll do all right. They made top but like injuries you, last year. So. But like you said, they if they one area they have to concentrate is, is they have to get a bit better defensively because they can get scored on. Yeah. Because if, if they turn it over, it's so easy to score against them. It's the mm. same with Richmond as well. That They, they attack that manic chaos ball, what do you want to call it? Mm. And I see Blake's at Carousella. He's come from Richmond to Essendon. He's tried to implement that. Just, just from watching that game, I saw that. But don't be too disheartened if you're an Eagles fan because like that's what the things are there for. We got beaten by Fremantle two years ago by 10 goals and we won the flag. So hmm. oh, You just right, got to look at positives. Look at the kids. Yeah. Saying to get hard to that, you mentioned the stats. One that you should uh, really enjoy because there's something I think you weren't too happy with either, Wayne, was we won the contested possessions yeah so let's see how we go this week and then obviously mm. to see oh, proper yeah. but that's something we never win no. that is one stat we don't win because we play kick to kick football mm. yeah all right well let's talk about next week eh? well, let's talk about the game that's coming up eagles versus Freo at hbf arena on uh june, it's at gene Lop, isn't it yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, four ten on uh saturday it's going to be interesting because that basically the teams are going to go in with a full-strength team, I reckon. Mm. I can't see too many of the youngsters getting given a game no. this week. This so is the last hit-out. This is the last hit-out. Uh, will Gov- McGovern play? Um, who knows? I don't think they'll risk him. They'll know he's ready for round one. He's been a lot of running. Um, will Oscar get a game? They mm. might chuck him in and give him half a game. I don't know. Mm. Um, who else? Like you said, you got Yo coming in. You got Shep coming in. Uh, you got Gaff coming in. They'll give them a run. So yeah, I'd say the all-star players. Yeah, that they'll, they'll get come a run. In. So um, I don't know. Jack Darling won't play. Yeah, I don't know what you would get really from playing Gov if he's not Ryan's a foot thing. 
Allen or Darling. I think if they're not a hundred percent, it's only a scratch, but what? they're always better for a run. Semi's if there's already, a slight bit of risk, yes, risk it's Semi's already match. said if they don't play preseason, it's no big deal. Yeah. Because he knows he'll back him in for round one. Yeah. We touched on Kennedy never playing preseason and, ever. And we're playing the last game of round one, so we get that extra two days compared yeah. to everyone else. So um, I can't see it being a problem. Fremantle, they've had another injury scare today. Blake Aker's gone down with a hamstring. Yeah, he's mm. done. So he's out. Gone. So, unfortunately, that club, uh, they must have seen a black cat or walked under a ladder because they're getting injuries everywhere in key areas. And um, we've lost Jared Cameron for a fair while too. Well, they reckon two weeks. Two, mm. They reckon two weeks. I wondered what was going on because they're keeping that so quiet. They're saying a like, stress fracture on the pubic bone, which so oh, that geez. tells me a lot. It's the osteopubis. Which no, is, but that's what they said, but it's not. Season. Somebody said today that's not osteopubis. I know, and I've had osteopubis. So I know what it's like. It's but it's, uh, they said pubic overload or something mm. like that. I'm saying very pubic overload. That's another well, way. Well, what's he been doing? That's another way of saying he's got he's got that osteopubis. That's, so, how, that's how it starts. Hence why they've given Jermaine James um, a call-up, you know. Mm. And will they give him a go this week? Will they give Nick Reed a go? Will they chuck him in to see what they're like? Well, against no, a team that's going to be more I pressure. think they'll play the waffle game. Yeah, I was going to say, do we have another waffle game? I think we do, but I think yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jones gets a, a chuck in there. Uh, they put Anthony Tracy in the game. He didn't get much of the ball, didn't get really much of a go, mm. really. Uh, will Brayshaw play again? To me, they have to give him a go. I was surprised he only played a quarter. I, I was really pissed off. Uh, that's the other thing. Because he's got, got a body of a mature player. They don't really... The stuff they don't really divulge in scratch matches much is time on, on ground. And it's like, it's hard to judge. I'll throw stats out for the game, but they're not reliable stats mm. in scratch matches. Not at all. Yeah. You don't know how much game time they had. You know, and yeah. Brayshaw was a perfect example. He, they only brought him on in the last quarter. Yeah, and I think it was only halfway through the last quarter. Yeah, like, you just don't know. Like. But um, when he got on there, he had, well, I think, six, seven touches. Hmm. I liked everything he did. You know, he got it, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't scared of going in. He's he's a nugget. You know, he's, I, I like him, hmm. you know, my views on him. I yeah. think they should be pushing him up to play I, somewhere. I've got a quick question for you, boys. If Williams plays on the weekend and has a great game, do you think Hickey and Vardy might be in a little bit of trouble? Yes. Oh, that's oh, right. that's I, what I was going to bring that up. You beat me to the punch. Like Will they play Hickey? Because he played the night before against Swans. Hmm. He played pretty good, full game. But And somebody said they saw him running laps at he some was doing a, He was doing some running at a... Uh, there was a photo of him doing yeah, cricket a lot of... Ru- yeah, somewhere doing that. I think it was up this way. Yes. And... Um, yeah, so if it, I think that'll all come down to this week. If Hickey plays this week and Bailey Williams doesn't, you know they're going to go with Hickey. Hmm. Or they're going to see how Hickey goes. Um, he's, he's the one player, though, that when Vardy got dropped last season, that's something we commented on, that when they were playing both in the waffle, Williams was having more of the impact. Hmm. So it's an amazing so they, situation to have. But they started, last year they started Williams playing forward a lot in Very the waffle so. and Brooksby was doing the ruck I mean he got he won our fairest and best I think last year in the waffle well if, you, if you'll but what will happen halfway through the year sorry to cut into there halfway through the year and I heard this from someone they whacked him in the ruck because they wanted to fast track him into this season because they weren't sure how Nick was going to 
you know, right. cope with it, with was he going to handle it? Probably he's handled it pretty well. But they have fast tracking because Nick's coming towards the end of his career too. He's not at the, he's not at the beginning. Nah, Twenty nine. Yeah, yeah well, so he's very the, close. Yeah, so he's coming oh, to the yeah, end. Yeah, you know, yeah. he couldn't afford to do another knee. So they fast track Bailey Williams into that area, and he. I, I, I remember was you said it last week. He could be first round. I said, no, nah, they'll go be Hickey. But after watching him, I thought, poor. Well, I'm going to chuck this back to the listeners of Eagle Nation. I'm going to put on our Facebook page in the next couple of days who you would prefer to see alongside Nick in the first round. Um, and we'll see what we come up with, what uh, our listeners say, all right? Hmm. We'll put Hickey against uh, Williams, and then the winner out of that, I'll put him against Vardy, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, I think I know which way the people are going to go. Um, Won't be Vardy. Tune in next week, guys, because we got a very special guest on Tuesday. It'll probably... I'm not going to say the name. I don't want to say the name yet. But he's a dual premiership player. Um, his name's anonymous with the club. Um, so make sure you tune in because it's going to be a good show, I hope. But before we end this week's show, and I know I'll put you under a bit of the pump here mm-hmm. in the run sheet because I couldn't get it to you. Premiers, we got predictions. We do this every year. We did it last year. And I think Dan was closest out of all of us. <laughs> I think. So, premiers and runners-up for the end of the year. All right. So, I'd really love to see Tigers and Eagles finally meet off on the last day in September, Saturday in September. I really love that because we have been the two strongest sides over the last three years, say. Um, Obviously, being an Eagles supporter, I reckon Eagles might get the chockies. I think with Rance done, and yes, he was injured last year and didn't really play... But if they get an injury to Voston or another key back, I don't know if they've got the depth to cover that. But, um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to take my Eagles hat off because I just don't want to put the mocker on. I'm going to go uh, Pies to win the flag. That means oh. they're not going to win. And Tigers to be runners up. Because every time I've done this, I've got it wrong. So <laughs> this is a kiss of death sort of thing. Um, what about you, Wayne? Well, you've got to go from the last year's teams at the moment. This one cops in, but I'm thinking... I'm sort of going with Greater Western at this stage. And And runners-up? Us to be runner-up. All right, cool. Brownlow medalist, I've got the Bont. Don't know why, but someone telling me he's going to have a massive year. I'm picking Patrick Cripps. I'm picking Martin, mate. Best on field and, you know, the Sydney... (laughs) What is it? Spell of the Bridges, GWS and Sydney. I'm sure he'll be best on ground there. He'll be best on ground anywhere. Well, I heard he's going to be the best best on ground at the Western Derby. Uh, We're waiting for now. (laughs) Noble prize winner, I'll tell you that much. Do they do a Derby medal for the pre-season? They don't, do they? No. That's good. (laughs) I don't don't know how I'd feel about that. And the winner is just like, it's a real game. Put Dustin Martin down here with it. Um, Coleman Mellis, I've put down Jack Darling. You're going to do JK. Oh, mine's, oh, mine, mine is JK, I've mate. been saying this before this game. We touched on it. Like, I can't remember when he's had a pre-season. I think he's going to wind back the clock, have a great year. The, bloke, the bloke that get close to him is um, at Richmond, the big boy. Uh, Lynch. Lynch. Didn't have a good game in the, uh, start, the um, about that. exhibition. None of the big forwards did in that game, mm. actually. Uh, best recruit, I think we're all going to be pretty biased <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. Tim Kelly, it's yeah. done. Rising star, we're probably... Oh, the boy at Gold Coast. Yeah, the boy uh, at Gold Coast. I'll He's throw a, a Ruffy in there. Uh, I think he's still eligible because he didn't play enough games. Maybe King from St Kilda. Mm. Max I King. Think he's, Max King. I think he's still eligible. Ben? He has. No, I think Max is. Max, right. He hasn't played. He, he has. I think he played one or two. Yeah. Games, yeah. But I yeah, think he's, he's still eligible. eligible. Should we kind of rule where they played, but not enough games? Biggest improver in teams. Uh, I reckon the Dockers will be the big improver. I think Carl. Oh really? I'm going Saints. Hmm. 
I think Saints will be in the eight. That's my big prediction. Biggest four. Uh, I've got Adelaide, Freo, or Sydney. Oh, they all yeah. down. I'm going Geelong. When you finish number one in the season proper, <laughs> it's only downhill oh, from it's there. It's hard. When I, but I, I watched the weekend. Uh, bloody Sydney, they were atrocious. Yeah, but so were uh, yeah, Suns destroyed Geelong. As I said, you can't yeah, take, you can't, you can't take that from But, yeah, to get destroyed by the I think Sydney, I'll go with Sydney as the biggest four, yeah. Breakout year, I'm going Waterman. In our team you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you go close. Yeah, I was uh, pretty happy with his breakout yeah, year, and that's a bit of a. Well, I'm going to go with um, <laughs> for next week as well. I can't gonna, drop any more. I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go with petrol. Yeah, he'll get a lot of. He needs to. He needs to read the play. Mm. He needs to find his niche. That kid, uh, wooden spoon. I've gone Suns or Blues. Mm. Yeah, I reckon Suns. Suns, yeah. Uh, I think the Blues got too many injuries to get any thrust up the uh, ladder. It was interesting to see some of the. Um, Fox put out a thing and the team that would um, fall out the eight and if you went by the champion data, stats and everything, West Coast was the one that falls out. Yeah. Because yeah. Of they finished fifth and most of them go from fifth or sixth out. Champions data does say that. But my star signs say we're in for a good one. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Venus in relation to Mars around the solar <laughs> Yes, well, look, who knows? That's what predictions are for. It's a crystal ball. Look, hopefully it's been a uh, good show tonight. Um, but next week we want you to tune in. Um, dual premiership player. Uh, we'll try and bring it to you as early as possible next Tuesday night. Hope you tune in. It's going to be good. And during the season, we might have a few more. So hopefully you all join us in on Eagle Nation for 2020. We're on Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, and any podcast platform that you want to listen to. We're on. Uh, see you next week, boys, and have a good one. Thank you. See you then, boys.